Welcome to Cinemebus. This is the Cinemebus podcast, episode 15. Uh, I'm Andrew Stephen Melnick. And I'm Madison Berry. And we have a heck of a lot of <laughs> news to talk about today. Uh, well, Comic-Con is, is currently underway elsewhere, so... There's been uh, some stuff that's just recently come out of that that we should probably talk about first, uh, <clears throat> centering, in this case, around the DC cinematic universe that theoretically exists. Theoretically. Um, Only theoretically. Yeah. Well, the first big thing is the that everyone's talking about is the Batman v Superman trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, are you looking Sorry. for my opinion? Yeah. I have to say that I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. <laughs> the trailer itself. Um, I was really... I get Maybe I was just in the mood to make fun of DC when I saw the first trailer. Um, I don't know what it was. But this one, maybe it's because there was more Batman. I don't know. But I enjoyed it more than I expected to. Glowing praise. No, that's... No, that's... <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair enough. And they... And no, I, I don't think that... Uh... That you're damning them at all uh, with that bit of praise. It's, uh, I mean, given given how thrown together a lot of the their plans have been so far, uh, I'm not sure I'd go so far as to say that anything good at this stage is a pleasant <laughs> surprise. But it's getting to that. It it it's almost at that point. It's almost there, and I still don't really love the the tone or the vision. But if that's what they're going with, meh. I didn't understand. I the one thing that totally threw me out of the trailer was the Batman. Co- was that the Batman costume? Whenever he's like, he looks like he's in one of those suits from the Hurt Locker, but also it, well, he's Batman. Yeah, well, that was the thing everyone was making fun of the first time with the with the big metal suit. Yeah, Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, that was the thing everyone was making fun of the first time. It's supposed to be based on Batman's sort of anti-Superman suit from The Dark Knight Returns. So it's like the the Iron Man Hulk suit, sort of, from Avengers. Yeah. Okay. But it makes him look like Lego Batman. <laughs> yes. And so, and so everyone was making the darkness no parents joke. <laughs> Me and Colin made the, dark, made the darkness no parents joke repeatedly on this podcast. Oh, uh, so. yeah, that was a... Uh, and it's the trailer, and, okay, we all... If they're not going to do... <laughs> okay. If they're not going to do a solo Batman movie before they do a Batman versus Superman movie, you can't just toss in Bruce Wayne's parents getting shot in the trailer, which is what I'm assuming is what we saw. Yes, yes. I just which I that that was that was actually because I guess my genu- my genuine reaction. I'm again. I'll reiterate my impression from the first trailer that it. I'm kind of glad that this looks much more like a Zack Snyder movie mm. rather than Zack Snyder trying to be Christopher Nolan and fake. <laughs> you know. It, 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 He's, he's good at a certain kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And if he's doing that kind of thing, then sure, that works. Um, given that, th- honestly, those little snippets of Bat- Batman's parents getting shot, like, that was the biggest problem I actually had with it. In, <laughs> in that, I don't need to see this again. We know. Just like we know I've, about Spider-Man. Two two movie versions of Batman's origin story. I watched the pilot episode of Gotham, which means I saw it again. <laughs> it was actually reasonably well done in that one. Yeah. But I just, I don't need to see it again. No. And. Um, yeah. Again, yeah, you're absolutely right. Spider-Man. Yeah. I just, if they don't, 
I don't know if they're going to have enough time in a movie where Batman is beat. Like, there's a lot happening in this trailer. Let's just start off with that. Like, it does not look like a movie that's going to have lulls, which may not be a good thing, but may end up being fun. I don't know. Um, they don't have time to dwell on the history of Batman, especially since it can, it looks like there's a lot going on with Batman in this one. Um, it looks like he's been, he put away the cowl for a while and he's coming on back. And I would prefer to have seen all that in a different movie so that we could actually focus on what's happening in this one. But the fact that they included some of that backstory in the trailer itself just makes me, mm, it worries me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who doesn't know Batman's deal yet. (laughs) Who, I babysat a four-year-old last night and he knew the Batman universe. Okay, well then, so, yeah. So, like, don't... we all know his parents are dead. The thing is, when when DC relaunched their titles with the New 52, mm-hmm. uh, and Scott Snyder, uh, no relation, mm-hmm. uh, took over took over the book, they dealt with the origin sort of filling in new potential new readers with just a little snippet. They just... Mm-hmm. They just had a scene where a character mentioned it. There was like a funeral or something, and and someone mentioned it, and and that was all the background he needed. It didn't have to restage the the alleyway. No, we know we know how his parents get shot. We know every single detail. It's part of our DNA. But aside from that, I mean, Wonder Woman was fine. Um, It was cool that we saw her. No complaints about that. Yes, yes. Um. In action, that was that was good. In action, yeah, she was kicking some ass, so that was nice. The rest of it looks like it really looks like it could be fun or full of itself, and I I can't get a, a, a grasp on which. Those are not necessarily mutually exclusive. Also true. <laughs> also true. That's kind of what I'm hoping for in okay. some ways. Like three <laughs> three hundred was, which is yeah, that, that was that that was a very Zack Snyder thing, but. Yeah, that was simultaneously full of itself and the worst kind of fun. Yeah, that's that's entirely fair. Um, I would love to see a 300 Superman-Batman mashup. I don't think we're going to see anybody's <laughs> head flying across the screen with a ribbon of blood trailing it, but we can hope. Honestly, when I, when I was younger, the, the, the one of the big things that sort of appealed to me about the DC Universe is they had their Elseworlds stuff. Mm-hmm. They had their alternate universe stuff. Yeah. You know, as as its own thing, so that you know, if someone comes up to them and says, uh, you know, can, I want I want to write a story where Batman is a vampire. Go for editor- it. <laughs> editorial doesn't say, uh, could could we do another story where Superman gets depowered again? <laughs> no, they say that sounds awesome. Do it. <laughs> And sure, and sure, it wasn't all that good, but at least they tried. Yeah, that's fair. That is, they do try, don't they? They're trying now yes. in their cinematic universe, and maybe it's not fair to hold Man of Steel against them as much as we all have. Yeah, well, I, I, I sort of admire the the audacity of of lampshading it now as they as they have yeah. in a no, no, we meant to do that kind of way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You, you'll see. You'll see. It'll all pan out. Uh, I think Jeremy Irons will make a perfectly good Alfred. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, was, I had no problems with the Wonder Woman bits at all. And I, I did like when she's sort of thrown back and then she has that expression on her face yes. like, oh, now I'm going to kick your ass. Yes. <laughs> get him. Get him, Diana. The fight scenes look reasonably 
like it's what we saw of them. I I was excited about them. Um, I don't. I really just don't. I guess part of the whole thing is that I don't want to dwell on the idea of Batman versus Superman. It's just already old to me, and I don't know why. But oh yeah, no. I mean, and, well, it's something you can't spend a whole movie out of. Yeah, because eventually they're gonna both remember that they're part of the Justice League, or soon to be part of the Justice League. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, to that end, the having accidentally created that great justification of the destruction of Metropolis. Yeah. Like, that that actually works as mm-hmm. a major barrier between them. But, yeah, at the same time, yeah, even even Frank Miller only took an issue. <laughs> Just on, one. On the, bat, on the Batman-Superman fight. That fight yeah. lasted an, an issue. Wow. It was an extra long issue, but... But like, still... That yeah, that that's that's all it was. It's it's what everyone talks about now, but it that's that's all it lasted. So mm-hmm. yeah, you don't need a full movie for this. <laughs> no, but I guess we'll see what happens. And then after, um, I guess we're getting a solo Bat movie. Yes, yes, and I'm. It's it it is interesting because obviously the rumors initially the first time round that that they were courting Ben Affleck. Uh, yeah, to do everything, the, apparently. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. The rumor was that they wanted him both to play Batman and to direct a Justice League movie. Um, and now, now we find that yeah. he is playing Batman and directing the next solo Batman movie. And um, isn't he co-writing? Yeah, with Jeff Johns. Which kind of makes sense. Yeah. Cause... Yeah, well, there there were some comics people who were very happy that, that Jeff Johns was writing it. Um, yeah. I'm consciously optimistic, but I would ask them to keep in mind that Jeff Johns also had writing input on the Green Lantern movie. Ooh. Which Everyone's is not as bad. Everyone's allowed one. Not, <laughs> not as bad as everyone remembers, but it's not... just, it's a complete non-entity. <laughs> I love this picture they have on the Comics Alliance uh, link that you sent. Of just sad Batman yeah. <laughs> from the trailer, staring at his yes. suit. Uh, emote, Ben Affleck. Just emote. Well, that was the thing, because someone, someone, like, almost immediately did a mashup. They, they, when the first trailer came out, they cut together all the Batman bits <laughs> and, and put Darkness No Parents That's over incredible. it. And, yeah. Incredible. And, <laughs> yeah. Sad Batman. I yeah, mean, so that, that could be good. That could be yeah. good. I I do I do hope it's kind of a return to a less Nolan-y mm-hmm. Batman because we've seen enough of that Batman. Yeah. Well, and there's so uh, many. We've other we've also Batmans. we've also seen enough of the. I mean, honestly, I this is a place I would very much like it to go since they're doing the sort of broody old future Batman <laughs> based based on Dark Knight Returns. I'm not sure this is a way that they can go, but I'd really love to see a movie version with the proper Bat family. Oh, yeah. Because that, that's been, whether, whether the fanboys like it or not, that's been a huge part of Batman's mythos for a very, very long time. Yeah. He, he, the original Batman went a year, one year, <laughs> before before getting Robin. Really? Yeah. And the fanboys have mythologized it into this great period where Batman was pure and Batman wasn't compromised by by silly concessions to the kids. No, he went for a year because he needed Robin. How long? <laughs> he so, needed someone to talk to. So for yeah, that's that's part of it. Aside from his butler, like, yes, yes. Um, forgive my my raw comics knowledge uh, inadequacies, but. The oh, no. Nolan trilogy was based off of Frank Miller's Dark Knight tri- Dark Knight run, right? It was based off a lot of things, and <laughs> and actually, once I st- once I started reading the source material, it was remarkable to me how much had been 
taken sort of piecemeal. So Mm -hmm. the first, so Batman Begins was based on a combination of uh, Frank Miller's Batman Year One and The Long Halloween. Okay. uh, By by Jeff Loeb. the second one did its own thing to its benefit, um, and the third one did a combination of The Dark Knight Returns and Nightfall, which is the famous one where the only famous thing that happens is <laughs> Bane breaks Batman's spine. Oh, then. good. Um, so, of all that source material, do they all have Robin in them? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Probably, probably not. Not Batman Year One, but I mean, Robin was definitely around in Nightfall, and he had Carrie Kelly, Robin, in Dark Knight Returns. So, um, I just feel like we haven't really seen. I guess to be fair, the last time we saw Robin was in what Batman Forever. Um, Batman, ba- uh, Batman, Batman, and Robin. Batman and Robin. Oof, both. Yeah, he not... was introduced in Batman Forever. I yeah, I shouldn't know this. I should not know any of no, this. No, I mean but we all we all I, had to live through it. <laughs> we all had but to. But no, the, the yeah. thing is, the actually Batman Forever was one of my first introductions to Batman. Is which that is really really sad? Which villain that was is the, that? That that was the one with Jim Carrey as oh, the Riddler. Yes. And Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You yeah. Know, there's there's a charm to those movies that. Oh, there is a painful and, and charm. I, Bob Chipman makes a very good point, which is that. Uh, he feels, and I, I think he's right, that like a lot, of, at least some of the antipathy toward those movies at the time was gay panic. Oh, <laughs> because because the those the Joel Schumacher ones are very camp, very deliberate, <laughs> very deliberately camp, um, and in in a, in a deliberately somewhat they're, homoerotic way. They're the ones with the bat nipples, right? The bat nipples and the bat asses, yeah. <laughs> There are close-ups of them putting on the badasses. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Batman. See, we really, I feel like it's sort of a reactionary, almost like a romanticism versus realism situation that we're in right now, where we had Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, and then we had to have, naturally, uh, Nolan's, and now we don't know what to do. We don't have, we don't have a path. Yeah. But, no. Um, well, and and they, they seem to want... <sighs> There's a, I can't remember what it's from. There's a quote about hipsters that they don't know what they want. They just know what they don't want. Which I think led to a lot of the problems behind Man of Steel. Because mm. um, they didn't know what they wanted their Superman to be. They just knew what they didn't want him to be. But also, I think that's part of the problem here. That they just they seem to know only that they don't want it to be like Marvel's yeah. stuff. They want to set themselves in opposition to that, but they're not entirely sure how to go about that. The executives have lately been talking up, "Oh, we're the filmmaker-friendly superhero house. We're going to we're going to let the filmmakers put their personal stamps where where Marvel is the you know soulless production line." And I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, DC, that's that's great. That's great. I'd be in support of that if you're actually like doing that. Yeah, <laughs> if it wasn't all." And if you're hiring hiring filmmakers other than than Zack Snyder, yeah, because I've as I've said before, he's an easy hire. Yeah, you know what you're getting with him. It's sellable. Uh, he's he's easy to to acquire. There's there's no big challenge there. I think Suicide Squad may be the first one where we get a look mm. at what that might actually actually look like. actually look like. What they're planning. 
Okay, that's fair. Sorry. No, that's. <laughs> I was just looking up uh, Suicide Squad because I forgot who the director was. But yeah, um, that's a good point, and it will be interesting to see. I like Ben Affleck kind of as an actor, and I think as a director. Mm. Um, I liked him well enough, at least, to not have negative feelings toward him. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles Batman. Yeah, yeah, um, and what? I guess the other news from the DC universe. So there's. We were we had some confusion last time about uh, Chris Pine's role in all of this, mm-hmm. and because there were conflicting rumors, some rumors that they were wanting him to play Steve Trevor, other rumors that they were wanting him to play Hal Jordan, uh, and so the latest rumor, ch- trying to sort of reconcile those, <laughs> both um, from Birth Movies Death, is that he was basically basically they just want him. Mm-hmm. And and so they've all op- sort of they wanted to hire him on, but they've offered him a choice of roles, mm-hmm. uh, but that he hasn't officially signed on either either camp yet. Well, and I seem to get the I, the idea from this uh, article that if he were to pick Hal Jordan, they would find a place for him in both. Is that fair, or did I just misread? That I mean that that seems to be a, a theory suggested by Birth Movies Death. I yeah. don't know if I buy that. Yeah, that's fair. So I love Chris Pine a lot. Um, I I like him more than a lot of people seem to. I see a lot of Chris Pine hate, and I I I like him well enough. Yeah, I, I I've never felt a, a, a scrap of ill will toward Chris Pine, but I really like <laughs> him, and I really like the. 2009 Star Trek, and that's probably that was like one of my first introductions. No, wait, Princess Diaries 2. It goes back a long way. Me and Chris Pine. <laughs> I would love to see him play Hal Jordan off of from what I know of Chris Pine, which is a lot. Even if Fair Hal enough. Jordan is a schmuck. <laughs> off of those rumors, it was confirmed at Comic Con that they are absolutely doing a uh, Green Lantern Corps movie. They just yeah. don't have any details for it yet. Which which is actually very encouraging to me because I, in my spare time, I sometimes think about how I would try to plan the DC <laughs> movies if I if I had a say. You know how how I would try to make that work. Yeah. And yeah, expanding it to the Green Lantern Corps and putting an emphasis on mm-hmm. on the whole force and the mythology and the space opera stuff. Because they... I've always, I've always said that the the Green Lantern movie just fundamentally got got it wrong as as to what green lantern at its best is they were trying to make it iron man yeah but but it's not iron man it's star wars okay that's a fair did the did that movie even include other lanterns it it did and they realized way too late that (laughs) that was the part that that was the part that everyone liked Mm. and so they they threw extra money into it trying to do up the special effects Ah. Um, to be better, um, they started promoting the movie largely on on the basis of the scenes taking place on Oa with the other Green Lantern members. But like that was too they little. Didn't too ha- late. They, they didn't have enough confidence in it, so they just didn't base the story mainly around the actual interesting space stuff. Yeah. So they ended up with a movie that just wasn't interesting and and, di- <laughs> and fundamentally just didn't get at what the appeal was. Which is bizarre because um, that was Greg Berlanti, right? Um, I think it was. It just it may have been. Or am I thinking of? Am I thinking of Green Arrow? Oh dear. Hang on. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Yeah, he did. He co-wrote and co-produced the yeah. Ryan Reynolds version. And I like Greg Berlanti. He's a huge comic book fan. So why it went so 
tits up is the only way I can think of to describe yeah. this, this film. Uh, I'm not sure, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I honestly, I think the problem is that the studio just didn't have enough confidence in it. That's fair. And they tried to compromise by setting most of it on Earth, mm-hmm. uh, by casting Blake Lively and and Ooh. Ryan Reynolds. To be honest, and yeah, it just didn't work. Well, now with the although, although I I I did like the part where she just instantly recognizes him, Mm. and it's like, of course I recognize you. (laughs) Duh. We've heard couple before. Like I, (laughs) I know what you look like. I'm not a dumbass. (laughs) Who do you think I am, Lois Lane? Like, um, Uh. it, it is interesting to me that. It seems like DC, if it takes, if it's taking one good nod from Marvel, and I think mm-hmm. it might be doing it uh, a little bit with a little bit more gusto, is that it, it it's looking to build group movies first, which I didn't like. But if they're gonna have Green Lantern Corps and they're gonna have Suicide Squad and they're gonna have Justice League early on, they have a lot of directions to go in almost immediately. Um, mm-hmm. And that uh, you know that could end up being to their benefit. So I'm not all too familiar with the Green Lantern. So would it be like their Guardians of the Galaxy s uh, space version uh i mean it it might be kind of like thor but with mm. a slightly more explicitly sci-fi-ish justification behind it okay i don't know fair enough <laughs> i yeah i it's not gonna be the same kind of tone as guardians of the galaxy but i imagine that pitching it at this point is going to involve saying the words guardians of the galaxy <laughs> At some stage. At some stage. Okay. Fair, yeah. Because I, I think that is going to be the, the proven concept that they can invoke to say, no, really, this is going to work. Yeah. Okay. But, um, uh, but cool. let's, uh, I know Colin isn't here, but let's talk Star Wars anyway. Star Wars. Uh, the Force Awakens. All right. Um, so there were, they had their whole panel at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Um, they got the cast out there, which is nice. Yes. And it looks like one of the things you wanted to give a heads up on was uh, Domnall Gleeson. Is that how you say his name? Donal. Donal. It's Don- Donal. Yeah, Donal the M Gleason. is silent, apparently. Okay. I, 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 I have a friend who works at Entertainment Weekly, and they had a whole video where they asked him, they had him in as a guest and asked him to pronounce his name <laughs> and settle once and for all. Nice. Okay. The question. So, <laughs> um, so he... Is a villain, and Simon Pegg is in there somewhere. <laughs> Two very exciting things. He's, yeah, I mean, it looked to me like Simon Pegg was just in in an alien suit, just yeah. as a cameo. But uh, <laughs> but uh, he seemed. Uh, you, yeah, you sent me the uh, the reel or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, <laughs> Simon Pegg in that is so adorable. <laughs> he just looks He's happier. So excited. Than a child at a birthday party. He is just so thrilled to even be there. What I liked about their panel is that they, instead of showing a trailer or something, which, or I don't think, as far as I can tell, I haven't seen a trailer come soaring through my newsfeed or anything, but they showed yeah. all of the practical effects they're using. They showed the filming process. I thought that was a huge, like a great PR move for them because I, you know, I have friends who, you know, grew up exclusively with the unedited versions and without the prequels and they love the practical effects and it's so Star Wars to have practical effects. So I think they're, it, it, it made me more excited than a trailer ever could have. Yeah. And I mean, and that was definitely what they were trying to convey. Yeah. I think they had, um, Mark Hamill's quote of, uh, like it's, it's, uh, everything's the same. It's all different, but it's still the same. Yeah, that Something was like nice. That. And like, 
that was that was so explicitly aimed at fans of the series yeah. that I, I could imagine him being given that to say. Yeah. <laughs> as part yeah. of their promotional stuff because like that is too perfect. Yeah. For what they're trying to do. And I uh you know, it really could have gone this could still go bad, but I'm just so excited that it doesn't look like I should worry too much that it's going to go bad. Um, <laughs> it just, I don't know. There was a, that, that reel definitely gave a sense of like loving fondness for the whole thing, which I think is what all of us want more than uh, whatever those prequels were. <laughs> Honestly, I and I'm I'm gonna try to make a video at some point in the near future about the definition of a guilty pleasure. <laughs> um, but but one of the ones I may end up citing is Revenge of the Sith, mm. just because I think I think I've talked to you about this before. Um, I think I feel like you've Facebook. mentioned it. I think yeah. it was on Facebook when you asked about Guilty Pleasures. But yeah, like the no moments <laughs> and all that. Like, I know it's stupid. But I you can't, love it. I can't <laughs> rationally justify it to anyone, but I still enjoy it. <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah, that that was the, I think that was your Guilty Pleasures. Not, not, e- not even in a so bad it's good way. Just like that kind of bombast. I just like it. Just like, yes, that kind of way. <laughs> like... Yeah. Uh, I feel the same way about the entirety of 300 in a lot of ways. Yes. But oh, the entirety of 300 is very much a yes sort of. Uh, like, I can't. I can't justify it on a like intellectual or moral level. <laughs> moral. I am morally obligated to not try to justify this film. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the subtext of it is, unless you go the ironic route and say, like, it's an ironic thing where they're trying so hard to be straight, it just circles right the fuck around. <laughs> like, it, it, without that, yeah, you end up with a kind of unsettling <laughs> pattern. But Kind uh, of unsettling. Um, yeah. But anyway, we're getting off track. This is the other big Star Wars thing is that it's been announced there's going to be a Han Solo spinoff movie, which is not in itself a huge surprise. Mm-hmm. But somehow in their schedule of doing literally every movie <laughs> that has been announced, <laughs> apparently Chris Miller and Phil Lord, that is the <clears throat> Lego movie, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs guys, mm-hmm. um, have been tapped to, to do the... Uh, the Star Wars anthology standalone movie with mm-hmm. Han Solo. Yeah, which that's, uh... I'm excited about, and I'm a little sorry Colin isn't here because that those are two of his favorite things in the world converging. <laughs> the the uh, Chris the Lego, Miller and Phil Lord, the, and then Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> and Star Wars. Yeah, the, the Lego the Lego movie and Star Wars coming together like that. Yeah, that's yeah. I guess I'm. I guess when I first heard young horde, when I first heard young. Uh, to be um, honest, the the URL for this article calls him Ha Solo. So <laughs> Ha like, Solo. You're you are now in a fresh yet proud tradition. So go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> um, it. Uh, I was sort of like, didn't we see young Han Solo? But I guess we haven't seen enough. Because um, especially now that we have. Old, we now actually have old Han Solo in the new movies. The previous, the actual Han Solo looks like the young one. But I liked their quote that um, this is the first film we worked on that seemed like a good idea to begin with. And that, that <laughs> gave me way more, uh, I don't know, way more faith in the whole situation than anything else they could have said. It was like, oh, if you've done everything oh, yeah. else right so far off of bad ideas, <laughs> basically. Because um, I will say, like, let's make a movie about Legos. And everything is Legos. Go. Doesn't yeah. sound like a good idea, but it was magnificent. So 
Oh yeah. Well, and I love how how even in those and in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, they mm-hmm. they manage to impose structure and theme on on those things in a really effective way. Yeah. Like that that's some which which is the only thing that potentially worries me about this. But otherwise, yeah, they have a great track record so far. I I think they're very smart and they think things through and mm-hmm. yeah, I'm quite excited. So Oh in twenty in twenty one jump street, yeah. In twenty one jump street, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's there's uh, an attitude among all of those that somehow still works for a uh Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They also, I just wanted to point out, they share a Wikipedia article. They don't have their own, but together they have um, yeah, yeah. a Wikipedia well, article. Yeah, it's like, it's like the Wachowski siblings, yeah. Oh, and they directed and produced the uh, pilot of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Cool. That is kind of amazing. Yeah. Like, uh, I didn't expect <laughs> that at all. Anywho. Yeah, no, that... They're all over the place. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, they're, they're gonna somehow fit this in between the Flash movie and the animated Spider-Man movie that they've been signed up for. Like, I don't know if they're going to stay, stay with all those projects, how on earth they're going to do all that. They're but gonna figure it out, I guess. There's two there of two, them. There are two of them, so yeah, that, I we trust that it can work. Well, and then another thing you sent about the Rosie Project, it used to be a Phil Lord and Chris Miller movie, but it's not anymore. So even when they're not there, they're there. Yeah, no, that was the other thing. I, like, uh, yeah, I, I, just in the course of a week to have two Phil Lord, Chris Miller related announcements yeah. like, on top of everything. Just like, uh. Yeah, um, but that movie is, I don't know if we want to transition to that since I brought it up or not. No, no, I just, I, I you mentioned it in pro- probably the ideal way, yeah. I- in passing. In passing. <laughs> Fair enough. So, okay. Um, okay, I guess a couple of little bits of news from the other side of the, the fence from DC. Uh, for, first of all, there's this is a, an older bit of news, but uh, Ava DuVernay, who was being courted to possibly direct the Black Panther movie, has passed on it. Mm-hmm. Which you know, g- good for her. That's yeah. Like I, I, I didn't think that was ever going to happen, <laughs> to be honest. Because like she's a proper director, and she makes she doesn't make movies like Marvel wants her to make would want her to make a movie. So uh, good for her for sticking to her gut and um, yeah. And I think as soon as she said like I uh, a certain way of doing things, uh, you know, it's better that she turns it down now instead of like she said. Sit, in three months, say, well, creative differences, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, Bob Chipman pointed out on Twitter that, that this is actually probably going to be very good for whatever movie she does decide to do next. Yeah. Because, you know, you've already got the, the framing device for the headline. Yeah. This this is the movie Ava DuVernay passed on, on Black Panther 4. Absolutely. And, and that, that'll be a big boost of publicity for, for whatever movie she decides to do next. So she's doing quite well. That's, that's, I did like that they courted her. Good move. Um, I, I, you know, nod to Marvel for going big or going yeah, home. Yeah. Trying um, to aim high, yeah. I would like if they had a person of color director. That'd be really cool for yeah, this no, particular I, film. I, I think they realized that the optics potentially of doing it with a white director would be yeah. so bad as to not be worth contemplating. Yeah. They're going. They're going to find a black director. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I would have been excited by that if they let her do what she wanted, but, but that wasn't won't. gonna happen. So that was never gonna happen. It's gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna be a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. It's not gonna be an Ava DuVernay yeah. movie. 
Um, no. So and Kevin Feige was doing an interview, and he was he was like, "Oh no, we, you know, everyone, everyone who's worked for us has their creative stamp on their movies. Like, like Thor is a Kenneth Branagh movie. Like, and I was like, it kind of only, is the only the only one that." isn't exactly like all the others in tone and style, is Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, and that's because it's a new group, I think, more than just that. In part, I, I, I think I think James Gunn may be the best yeah. film director that they've hired yet, Yeah. <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Um, the other directors they've hired have been perfectly competent, but are not great directors. <laughs> I will say, I mean... Avengers is distinctly a Joss Whedon movie, but Joss Whedon is also distinctly a Marvel-type director, if that makes any sense. Oh, no. It, it Marvel Marvel goes for a very TV-ish yeah. tone, and so hiring TV people as they as they have for their biggest things makes sense. Yeah. But it also means that they're not very visually distinctive. Yeah. <laughs> um, they look like TV. <laughs> get the coverage. Get the coverage. Get out of there. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to pursue this because I'm just going to end up repeating, repeating what I said in my Avengers video. So fair enough. Um, uh, and other DC, in, uh, in other Marvel news, uh, yes. we have a, we have an Electra. We do, and she looks do. pretty awesome. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited about this because they they uh, obviously they have changed the ethnicity of the character in the comics. She's Greek. Oh, um, as as sort of implied by her name. <laughs> Yes, but uh, but it so it's a it's a ethnicity swamp, but it's not whitewashing. So that's interesting. That's an interesting change, and we'll see what they're doing with that. Yeah, I'm I'm I don't think we did. We all know she was coming, or did? Um... I, I mean, they they dropped a definite hint. Okay, so no one's that, surprised. Like they they released some poster or something where like the title was held up with with one of. Uh, Electra's side blades and like that was like yeah and everyone was like oh Electra's <laughs> gonna be in this uh, like, yeah yeah of course well, Electra's gonna be in this <laughs> it's Daredevil I'm, I'm glad they waited I'm glad they waited to pull the trigger on yeah. on that because getting into Electra too quickly was part of what kneecapped them the last time so <laughs> the last time uh, um it just gives everybody else some more room to breathe and I think it will end up benefiting every character in the long run to introduce her in the second season. I'm 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 interested to see what they'll do for for season two. Obviously, we've got the shakeup of the creative creative team, but oh, uh, but we'll we'll see. We we talked that to death last time. So. We did, we did. So we can we can pull out of this if we would like. The other the other Marvel thing is um, Marissa Tomei has apparently been offered the role of Aunt May in in Spider Man. I just love the cast of the Amazing Spider Man so much that none of these things make me happy. <laughs> Sally Field was the yeah. best person you could possibly have picked for Aunt May, and it's no, not. No, I think you're right. Uh, I just, I had a, I have a friend who I talk about these things with, and he, he was whenever he was like, Marissa Tomei is Aunt May. Like, was Selena Gomez busy? I don't understand. How much younger could you get? But it is fair that their their Spider Man looks like a 15 year old boy, so. Um, they can actually go yeah. with a younger Aunt May. Yeah, well, and if they do a, yeah, if they're going with a, 
<laughs> if they're going with a change with the character dynamic, if they're trying to play her up more as sort of a cool aunt yeah, instead or something of the- like that, like that would make more sense. Yeah. But yeah, no, she does, does seem mean, young for the role. She but- is 50, so it's not like... Uh, yeah, but it, Hollywood 50. You Hollywood know. 50, yeah. Looks more like 37. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and it's it's impossible not to see the progression. Yeah. From version to version. Yeah. It's a very Hollywood, it, it's just an odd Hollywood uh, sort of sword in the gut situation to see Aunt, Ma- Aunt May slowly getting younger and younger because it's not okay to have what this article calls a uh, a dowdy, typical dowdy yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. So, huh. hmm. I don't know. But we don't know if she's actually accepted it, right? No, no. Apparently she's just been offered it. But uh, Marvel isn't really doing anything at Comic-Con. Yeah, they weren't. They didn't uh, have a panel, so. Yeah, they don't. I don't think they have anything to announce. So, which is fair enough. <laughs> I just Googled. I just Googled uh, Marissa Tomei. Um, apparently she's in the final negotiations, like straight up. And But oh, the, okay. the number one article from three days ago from USA Today, Spider-Man fans call Marissa Tomei too young and hot to play Aunt May. <laughs> That, that Tell it like it is, much, USA Today. Pretty much the shape of it, yeah. Uh, that is the progression that we've been seeing. <laughs> too young and too hot. Make, make it make it younger and hotter. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, your friend is right, like Selena Gomez. <laughs> <Next. laughs> like, was she busy? She's next. She's next whenever they have a... She'll be looking after <laughs> Spider Baby. Spider and, uh, Baby, yeah. Can I add one quick thing about Marissa Tomei? I'm on an article from Vulture. It doesn't have a date on it, um, which is odd. Oh, no, it's from the 8th. So it said that some insiders are saying Tomei will make her first appearance in Captain America Civil War. But that seems like a pretty quick turnaround, which might be why they would want to cast it right now, because they're filming right now. But that'd be that's that's, a possibility. Just a heads up to everybody. Weird. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone else is in it. We might as well throw in Aunt May, who has nothing to do yep. with the... Uh... Yeah. Honestly, Aunt Man would have more, <laughs> have more relevance, but... Yeah, that this, not, this pun brought to you by. Uh, <laughs> why not both? Anyway, <laughs> um, we can okay, we can move on now. We've gotten our first photo of the all-female Ghostbuster cast in their suits. They look so good. Yeah, no, they look authentically like Ghostbusters. So far, everything that has come out of this, aside from the announcement that they were going to do an all-male reboot as well. Has been which positive to me. Now, which which now everyone involved has basically said no, that's not happening like, anymore. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. Um, which well, is which is good because yeah. It was a ridiculous. But every everything aside from that, which now that that's dead, that's great. Has been just positive and exciting. I love the cast. I love the car. I love their suits. Yeah, the car looks delightfully retro. Yeah. The, yeah. The like they're. Yeah. Just obviously very. It's it's sort of the um the Star Wars thing. That's there's a large fondness for what Ghostbusters was and is, and they're yeah. not straying too far from that while still infusing it obviously with a lot of exciting with a breath of fresh air with these ladies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they all look great. Kate McKinnon yeah. in this and picture I mean, I... just like is killing me. She's killing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm 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 excited about this, and Paul Feig is uh, is a good uh, is a good choice. Oh, we didn't talk about this when um, when it was first announced, but Chris Hemsworth yeah, is, so is I, their secretary. I just literally awesome. just saw that, and I was like, "What? Oh, that's exciting! Yeah, everything about this is great." Yeah, no, but I I, I love that they have an eye candy secretary. Yes, exactly. As and it, and it's Chris Hemsworth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, that should be great. Only one more year to wait. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I guess attractive man related. Uh, that was an awkward <laughs> segue. segue. <laughs> <laughs> Disney apparently is working on a live-action Prince Charming movie. Uh, Seemingly what's been happening is they've just been picking up spec scripts. Yeah. Which is how the Mulan thing got got greenlit. They just got a really good spec script yeah. and said, sure, we'll, we'll make this. Sure, why not? We, we're Disney. We have buckets of money. Have one. Here. Yep. Take a bucket. Um, yeah. This well, and they're, re- and they're really pushing their, their back catalog as new live action movies now. So yeah, they're really trying to make this a thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to give you a heads up. My computer just said I have 15 minutes until it's going to restart. So <laughs> I couldn't tell it no. Just a heads up. Oh. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. I don't know why, because it just restarted earlier. But anyway, we can try and finish this up or we can resume whenever I return. Um, um. But di- I think it, live action Prince Charming could be a lot of fun. Disney's been a little bit better with the nods to silliness in these live action movies, and I think there's a lot of room for silliness in a like an I you know an enchanted um, sort of thing. I also think of um, uh, Into the Woods, the agony scene. Really, I, don't, I forget if that was specifically Disney or not, but um, that's what I think. That that was the first image that came into my mind whenever I saw this. The, yeah. <laughs> Chris Pine well, his shirt open. And from what I hear uh, uh, about this, uh, it it seems like it's going to be closer in tone to Enchanted. Yeah. With, and than, than to Cinderella. Which very fun. is Yeah. Now that's probably the right way to go about it. Yes. So, so kudos to them. Yep. Um, in line with weird things that are being made into other weird things. Yeah. The James Bond musical is sounding great. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't know what to make of it. I thought this was a joke <laughs> at it first. It sounds like a joke, um, yeah. but it's not. And honestly, it could be terrible or it could be, it could just really, really embrace itself. <laughs> it could be terrible or it could be. I don't even know if good is what I'm looking for, uh, but, you know, the same way, again, I'm just going to bring this up every single podcast. The same way I love Legally Blonde, the musical, it could be the same way that I love James Bond, the musical. As okay, long as Money Penny has I, a part, is all. That's all I, I really have, care about. I should have done my research, but I'm looking up the. Was it, oh dear. Oh dear, what? Oh no, no, just. Uh, I don't know whether this is the right man to to do a James Bond show. Oh no. Huh. Are you talking about Mary Saltzman or? <laughs> J. Henry Weiss. Oh, by country composer. What? Yep. Ah. Uh... Huh. That's that doesn't fill me with confidence because no. like. The only way to me that that something like that could work would be if you really played up the John Barry stuff, yeah, with the with the big brass and like make the bombast the point, yeah, and yeah, that that could work. This makes me a little dubious. Yes, <laughs> the goal is it says the goal is to debut James Bond the musical on Broadway or in Las Vegas or in Las Vegas. Which honestly might be the better place for it. Who knows? Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's weird. That's, I'm more disappointed than I was three minutes ago. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't know why we would need, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Well, now we'll, now we'll see. I was excited, but now we'll see. Um, let's see. There's Jack Black. Oh, good lord, yes. Um, the Goosebumps 
movie thing <laughs> that's happening. Did you watch the trailer I, for I it? I completely missed this link, so I didn't. Um, okay, um, yeah, don't necessarily bother. I was gonna <laughs> if you if you had said yes, I would have said I'm sorry. I hadn't I hadn't watched it when I sent it to you. Can I just say I hated Shark Tale, so to know that Rob Letterman is making it, uh, and Gulliver's Travels, yeah, but, neither yeah. of those things were great. Um, <sighs> I don't even like this screen cap of Jack Black shouting. Jack Black would have been the the one positive thing, but mm. <laughs> have you scrolled down to the picture where they're in the car? Yes, I just did. <laughs> I just don't know what's gonna happen here. And the funny thing is, all of I don't those, know what they're looking at. All of those screen caps don't look anything like what the trailer is sort of advertising the movie to be, or not the trailer, the the poster. So yeah, I guess oh, this good will Lord, be yeah. an experience. Did you did you read Goosebumps when you were? I did when on you were and a kid. Off. Um, I wasn't like a, a devotee, but I know that lots of people did. I read a lot of their Choose Your Own Adventures. Yeah, I yeah, I never really read. I was I was I, I was an Animorphs. Fair enough. Sort I of kids. I scary so. stuff. I always liked, you know, scary, uh, what was it? Are You Afraid of the Dark is what I was expecting this to take a tone toward, but it doesn't look like it. <laughs> yeah. Alas. Alas, yeah, no, I, I was I was a bit disappointed by, by that. I, I, I thought that maybe introducing R.L. Stein as a, as a character might lead to some interesting, like, Charlie Kaufman-esque. Mm, you put a lot of faith into ad, this. Ad, 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 <laughs> Adaptation-style meta thing. Yeah. But no, no, it's no. just going to be stupid. Speaking of, however, children's movies that don't look like they'll be stupid. Um, yeah. Sanjay Super Team. Oh, yes. I'm no, very, I was very excited about this. Yeah, I was happy to read about that. Even um, just the I, first, the... I first read about it on Tumblr because, of course. Of course. Just that screen cap of the um, sort of pseudo 2D animation with the... with the, Yeah, the cel-shaded the animation yeah, with the hi- Hindu gods as superheroes. Oh, yeah, no, it looks stunningly gorgeous. And I, I love uh, the... Um, just what the, the, the director has said, the fact that they're, you know... This is, he's their third... Director of color, I think. That sounds right. They said, and it just seems like it'll be a, an interesting. Um, I don't know. It's nice to see them branching out so aggressively all of a sudden. Oh yeah, no, I'm. I'm. It's been a a, a while coming, but it's uh, it's very pleasing. Yeah. Yeah. So that should be. It's just the I'm, short, I, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Though I've. I. Yeah. They're short. Se- I mean, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean much in terms of legacy. No, but uh, given how much Pixar always wants that best animated short yeah, Oscar, yeah, exactly, exactly. Every year, like this, this may be another this shot may at be it. The one. So. Um, does it say what it's premiering in front? Of? Oh, Good Dinosaur. Okay. Oh, cool. So yeah. it's yep. Even it's this this year. Soon. Yeah. Nice. Well, that'll be that'll be um, fun. Uh, and then there's the the Happy Time Murders. Yes. Um, dark puppet comedy is a great little. Snippet. Yeah. Is this a? I can't. I can't tell. This is not a, a kids movie. <laughs> it just looks like one. Not really. It, well, the, the the comparison that they're drawing here is Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which which I think is the perfect comparison there, and also makes me more confident about it. Yes, exactly. Like you drop Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and I'm there for it, whether it's good or not. So uh, it looks interesting. That's for sure. <laughs> the concept art that they're yeah. showing up there. I, I think it's concept art. Yeah. Uh, no, it's... It, <laughs> yeah, LA Confidential meets the Muppets. Meets the Muppets. What they, uh, what they wrote here, yeah. You know, I can see that really working and being a lot of fun. So, 
So, in a world where puppets coexist with humans as second-class citizens, <laughs> puppet private and disgraced ex-cop Phil Phillips is hot on the trail of the serial killer who murdered his brother. This is basically just who framed Roger Rabbit with puppets. Yes. Um. And you know what? I'm gonna accept that and let it happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, that could definitely be fun. And I feel like we haven't really had a Who Framed Roger I remember Who Framed Roger Rabbit isn't really a kid's movie, but as a kid, it, it really sort of shaped a lot of my love of movies and of cartoons and things like that. So we haven't really had one of those, I feel like, for the current generation. So, you know, some kids watching what they probably shouldn't be watching because it's a little bit... <laughs> too uh, grown up for them but they'll enjoy it anyway before you your computer cuts out we yes. do need to talk about joss whedon a S- san diego comic-con announcement joss whedon has a new original comic that uh, he's going to be writing his Twist. victorian female batman yeah um this could be i mean he's he's good at comics um he's good at female leads <laughs> It could just be a lot of fun. When I first read this, I was like, he's going to DC, but now I understand that it's just a comparison. Um, But it sounds like a little bit Victorian. I mean, it seems when he says Victorian, he's referencing Lovecraft to a degree because it's um, a chambermaid who has fed a dark horror, which sounds pure Lovecraftian to me. Yeah. So she returns with knowledge, power, and rage. She can neither deny nor control. So like, yeah. Hulk meets Batman <laughs> meets <laughs> Lovecraft. I'm yep. there. <laughs> yep that 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 does sound good. And I mean, he did give interviews as um, Ultron was winding the promotional stuff for Ultron was winding up. Uh, he was saying, you know, how much he was looking forward to getting away from this and and starting to build his own fictional worlds again. Yeah. So I think that'll be and comics is a great place to do that. Yeah, because if- you're not risking as much. And if he has a bunch of pent-up worlds waiting, that could actually be very exciting. Yeah. I'm, I'm still waiting them for them to do Wastelanders. Yeah. Uh, which which is, yeah, the, you, you probably know this, but the web series that he was going to do with Warren Ellis. Yeah. Is one of my favorite uh, comics writers. Um, that obviously got put on hold when he got called up to the majors for, for the Avengers. But, but hopefully he can go back to some of those. Um, and quick, yeah. before my computer goes, since you mentioned web series the con man thing yeah looks like a lot of fun (laughs) i don't know if it's i like alan tudyk a lot like no matter what the the funny thing is in this article they say like uh in the show and to a certain degree in real life fillion's character moved on from spectrum to have himself a successful acting career while tudyk struggled to land roles i think alan tudyk's roles are the most memorable things since firefly he makes them memorable but that's true um he doesn't have his evil anyone Oh yeah, no, no, no. But he, but he doesn't have his own castle. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Which may be a good thing because <laughs> maybe not for for him because I'm sure Fillion's raking it in on castle. But yeah, no, um, I'm sure Fillion's happy for the work. But um, it looked like fun. There were no. a zillion and a half Whedon people in there, uh, including Whedon himself yeah. as a boom mic operator. Yep. So yeah, uh, I loved him just shaking the. <laughs> yeah, or like a, a special effects guy, whatever it was. It looks like fun. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. I'm very happy about that, and uh, yeah, yeah insane a, number of cameos. Yeah, there was a Galaxy Quest sort of vibe to it. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We'll so. see. We'll see how the script is, but uh, but Alan, Alan Tudyk has a tradition of making even bad scripts entertaining. Yeah, and he's writing the script himself, so hopefully there's some. Okay. Because it says it's written and directed by him, so hopefully there's some. I don't know if he's written anything. There's 
I think it might be one of his early things. But it's a good platform for them to experiment with something like that. And they have a built-in audience, obviously. Yeah. So, okay. It looks like it's working. Anywho. <laughs> Anywho. Um, so, the I, I guess the last bit of uh, Comic-Con news that's just come out is they had the big X-Men Apocalypse panel. Uh, there were a couple things that it ca- that came out of that. Uh, obviously, they're they're talking up the Deadpool stuff because Ryan Reynolds desperately wants that to be a, a big thing. Um, yeah. uh, Hugh Jackman has revealed that the his last solo Wolverine movie is going to be based on the Old Man Logan series. Uh, but then they at Comic Con they aired a, a sort of Comic Con trailer for X Men Apocalypse. Uh, we haven't seen the footage, obviously, but, uh, but we have, uh, read a description of, of what the footage <laughs> consists of. Uh, essentially, uh, Oscar Isaac, uh, is playing Apocalypse, uh, is portrayed here as the first mutant, sort of from, from the very beginning of, uh, of mankind, worshipped as a god through different, uh, through different periods. And uh, able to control the minds of other mutants. Mm-hmm. Uh, it um, the quote everything we uh, uh, at some point uh, apocalypse gives a big speech saying they've lost their way and everything you built will fall from the and from the ashes of the world will build a better one. It's just so Ultron. Uh, <laughs> yes. And like almost too Ultron. Um, so I didn't expect that, but it sounds cool. Yep. It sounds like it was well received, at least. Um, I think the X Men movie fans are some of the most mm, flexible <laughs> of the comic book movie fans at present. It depends. I've <laughs> I've heard that. Um, yeah. Well, I've heard that X Men fans are unusual, <laughs> at least for the comics, are unusually demanding. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, I, well, it, it's funny because th- this is on a slightly different note. But uh, Kieran Gillen, who wrote Uncanny X Men for for a fair while. Mm-hmm. Um, was asked at one point, uh, how different the, the comics fandoms, the, the fandom for X-Men was from the fandoms for other books he's written. Uh, and, and he said, well, there, there are fewer demands for, uh, which characters should kiss outside of X-Men. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> there's that. Um, well, that's fun. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's very... I, I do like the cast. They're, they seem to be trying to go all out, doing doing a full Avengers kind of thing on this. Yeah. Uh, they've they've got new actors in for a lot of these characters. Uh, obviously, Sophie Turner is going to be mm-hmm. Jean Grey, which is kind of exciting. Uh, we've got a new actor for Nightcrawler. Uh, we've we've looking this up. Apparently, have a new actor for Storm, which is probably, yeah. probably for the best. And um, I yeah. am pumped. Olivia Munn as Psylocke because I love Olivia Munn. Um, whether she's going to be good or not, I don't care. Um, but that should be fun, if nothing else. Yeah, it's 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 funny because the yeah, Brian Singer as as much as he does seem to love X Men, particularly '90s X Men, he seems to take a very loose approach to continuity, <laughs> which is kind of refreshing. Yeah, because um, I, I supposedly Havoc is going to be in this, but despite it sort of having been retconned that he was dead, but maybe not. I I don't think anyone cares. That's the thing. I don't think anyone cares (laughs) about the continuity at this point. Um, And supposedly that this footage ends with James McAvoy now with the, the 
shaved head mm-hmm. um, in in classic Professor X fashion, which uh, apparently was very well received, as you'd sort mm-hmm. of expect, I suppose. And yeah, I, I think that may be part of it. Like, as long as you hit those big moments, I'm not sure people are going to care too much about the details of continuity. Exactly. Um, it's more of a feel rather than a, uh, a direct point A to point B story. Um, Magneto using his powers to pull a slumped over Charles in a wheelchair toward him is going to go over like gangbusters at Tumblr. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Or on Tumblr, at Tumblr, either one. <laughs> yep. Both, probably. Uh, so that'll but, be fine. Uh, yeah, well, and honestly, the big moments and the big set pieces are what Brian Singer has always been good at in these X-Men mm-hmm. movies. Because he's not a really great director, I don't think, but he he's a, he's a pretty good one. And he, even if the whole movies don't always hold together all that well, <laughs> like there are scenes that everyone can point to and say that was a great sort of set piece. Yeah. Nightcrawler's attack on the White House in X-Men 2. Uh, obviously in this latest one, the Quicksilver heist scene. Yeah. Um, like these, these sequences that are, are big moments that everyone loves. Like it, that that that's that's been his thing and i think i think this could very well deliver i i guess i i have this like appreciation for x-men and how it has just quietly continued to do its thing for in the cinema in its own cinematic universe for just years and years and years just quietly making it happen um yeah it never goes away and no one really wants it to it seems yeah well it was looking in a tiny bit of doubt um <laughs> how how well it would continue yeah uh, after, uh, well, after X-Men Origins Wolverine and, mm. and X-Men 3 were, yeah, not as well received. But a combination of first class and, and Ryan Singer returning, because mm-hmm. he's apparently the only one who can do it. I don't know. <laughs> um, he's the only one they trust, I think. Uh, yeah. that may be worth something. <laughs> but, well, I mean, if they... If if the studio trusting him makes them more likely to let him off the hook, yeah. like that that in itself can be valuable. Yeah, I agree. Even if his instincts don't always necessarily merit that trust, the <laughs> fact the fact the fact that he has that trust gives him the creative freedom that anybody who's doing this needs. Yes. So, yes. and then Oscar Isaac is going to be interesting as as Apocalypse because the last thing I saw him in was Ex Machina. Oh, where he played the uh broish uh tech tech billionaire yeah um it did a very good job i don't know how he'll do with this it's one of those things like josh brolin as uh as thanos yeah where like what just like uh <laughs> <laughs> but it was okay like it was it turned out okay i thought in that case yeah yeah um i did also realize that oscar isaac was also in the force awakens so everyone's in the force awakens um <laughs> yep yep but you know oh, i didn't realize rose Byrne was in this i love rose Byrne. all i have yeah, to add there yeah <laughs> no it's interesting because of course they wrote out her character yeah of uh of days of future past but bringing her but, back which i'm happy about so yeah who knows i'd need to stop saying who knows who knows that's well, we... basically become my catchphrase on this show <laughs> well we don't so that... someone has to <laughs> that that and fair enough I, are fair the two, enough. two things I need to stop saying on this show. Oh uh, well, it's nice to have uh. something to fall back on. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah, so it seems like that's those are the major um, hits from Comic Con. 
so far. Yep. And we'll, I suppose, if anything else big comes up, uh, we can cover that next time. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what else they could realistically announce. But... On a Sunday too, it's probably going to be a pretty slow news day, but um, we'll be there. <laughs> we'll be there if, Mar- it, if something Marvel breaks. Marvel just busts the door open. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Who? Who busts the door open? Marvel just busts just like, the door open. Wait! Surprise, Surprise! panel! <laughs> <laughs> They just, bu- <laughs> just who who cares who's in all age? Marvel's in all age now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Stage a hostile takeover. And yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, if that's more or less it, then yes. uh, I think it's probably about time to sign off. Uh, okay. This has been the Cinemibus podcast. Uh, I'm Andrew Stefan Melnick, and I'm Madison Berry. Bye. Bye.